Uh, welcome, guys, back to another episode of Cut the Shit, Get Fit. Uh, we got another guest today. His name is Jordan Syatt. Hopefully I said that right. Say hello. Perfectly. <laughs> uh, so let's start and get right into it and uh, kind of start with who you are, what you do, and how did you get into this industry? Yeah, man. Well, so first of all, thank you for having me. I seriously appreciate it. Um, so my name is Jordan Syatt. I am... I got into this industry, actually, I was a power lifter. I mean, I'm sorry, I was a wrestler growing up. I wrestled my whole life. And because of wrestling, I really got into strength training and nutrition. I just had to cut an obscene amount of weight in high school. Um, and that sort of got me involved in the nutrition aspect of things. Um, and then after that, I really got into powerlifting. So when I, I took a year off between high school and college, I lived in Israel for a year and just volunteered. Um, and then I really got into powerlifting and when I was in college, I founded the powerlifting team at my school. Um, and then I started out, I was really fortunate. I just started to do very well in powerlifting and I, I ended up having the opportunity to train at Westside Barbell under Louis Simmons for about four months. Um, and then from there I trained under Eric Cressy at Cressy Sports Performance and Tony Gentlecore. And sort of things just started to really steamroll, and I had already started writing for various websites like T Nation and Schwarzenegger.com, and things really just started to steamroll at that point. And my own online business, fortunately, was doing very well with strength training and nutrition. That's the majority of what I do now is work with people online on their strength training, their nutrition, their mindset and lifestyle stuff. And then more recently, I, I just came on as Gary Vaynerchuk's personal strength coach and nutrition coach. So um, pretty much <clears throat> I travel with him. And then when him and I aren't training, I'm doing my own stuff online. Nice. That's uh, quite the busy uh, life you had there. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, uh, pretty busy, but I love it, man. I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. There you go. Uh, so I was going to ask you, what's kind of your philosophy when it comes to weight loss and nutrition? Um, the big thing for weight loss and nutrition for me is always sustainability. Is it something that you can actually, is whatever it is you're following something that you can do forever or for a long period of time? And I don't mean like a week or a month. I mean, like, could you see yourself doing this for three, four, five years straight? Um, because the way I look at it is any coach can get someone to lose weight, right? It doesn't take a great coach to get someone to lose weight. And it doesn't really take even the most committed person to lose a lot of weight. You see a lot of people just drop a ton of weight very, very quickly, but then they also yo-yo right back up. They rebound and they can't maintain it. And essentially what that's telling me is losing weight isn't the hard part. Maintaining it is the hard part. And if you're trying to do something that isn't maintainable or sustainable or whatever word you want to use, it's just not going to, to work. It's just you're going to be one of the 99.9% .9 of people who continually go up and down, up and down and are pretty much in a perpetual cycle of, I want to lose five, 10, 15, 20 pounds instead of being part of the 0.1%. That's like, yeah, I found something that I can sustain. Maybe it wasn't rapid results at the beginning, but it was slow and steady. And because of that, now I can maintain it for the rest of my life. Yeah, I think a lot of people kind of just fall into the trap of, you know, they read a magazine or an article online. They're like, oh, this is the this is the diet that's going to get me there. And they go through it. They lose a bunch of weight, go back to normal eating. And they're like, shit, it didn't work. <laughs> right. I mean, what happens is this. You hit the nail on the head is people. Uh, yeah, it's just going. <laughs> OK, awesome. Cool. Uh, so for everyone listening, we just got cut off. But anyway, so. um what, what, what the hell was I saying now? Um, oh, people look at a diet, right, as like 
I'll diet for this period of time until I get to where I want to be and then I'll be good. And they don't realize that like what happens after you're done, like what's going to happen if you're doing a juice cleanse or whatever, what happens when you're done? Like you're not just going to go back to eating what you were before and all of a sudden look just like you do at the end of the juice cleanse. Like what's going to happen when like you go back to everyday life when you need to do what you normally do without being on the most absolutely insanely rigid um, strict plan. And that's why most people fail. Yeah. And like, it's almost shocking to like hear when clients or people that, you know, say that, Hey, I'm going to be doing this diet. And they tell you all the, like the details of what they have to do. And you're like, Holy crap, that sounds horrible. And you're not like willing to eat vegetables at every single meal. It's insane. I know. And it sucks. And like, what really sucks is that the media really pushes these 30 day, 21 day, seven day, 24 hour fixes, right? That's like, that's like a great marketing tool that they use and people prey on it because the reality is people are going to pay for convenience and like people buy these belts that are supposedly good for shaking the fat off their stomach and people buy pills that are going to burn all the fat off their bones and people buy these plans that say you reach your goals in seven days or less. And what really is just not sellable or sexy is, hey, let's fucking work hard and eat really well, and that's what's going to make you stick. That's what's going to make it work. It's just, it doesn't sound as sexy as do it in seven days or less. Yeah, like I was uh, talking to uh, Krista Scott-Dixon, and uh, I kind of asked her because they're uh, at PN, their coaching program is one full year, and I was like, kind of curious to see at what point do clients kind of see that breakthrough or like, oh, I get it now. And she actually said it was like eight months into coaching throughout the whole program where, you know, you have a coach checking in with you every single day to see if you're on track. And I'm like, that's, that's quite a long time. And people think they can do it in 30 days. Yeah, man, exactly. Exactly, man. Like, I think one of the biggest things that most people don't understand or they aren't like, they don't have the perspective is they're going to mess up along the way. And that's totally fine. Like they're going to be like life is going to get in the way. You're going to have to go to a birthday party. You're going to have to go on vacation. You're going to have a weekend where you just go completely off track for whatever reason. And I think those are the instances that most people end up saying, shit, I already screwed up. So I'll just keep screwing up or well, it's already ruined. So whatever. And it's those, those are like the time frames when it's really the most important to just get back on track because if you mess up or slip up or live life, God forbid you go have a slice of pizza you didn't screw up. All it means is that you lived a life. And if the best way to get back on track is just to get back on track, if you keep messing up, that's like, that's when things start to pile on and you really make when you go backwards in progress. Um, but so much of this is really just perspective and understanding, like you can't screw it up as long as you just get right back on track. It's a very easy excuse just to say, I screwed up. I'll just keep screwing up. That's like a, a, a easy way out rather than being like, you know what? I had fun last night. Now I'm back on track. Oh, definitely. Like I tell my clients too, like, especially in summer, realistically, you want to just maintain your weight and not like think that you're going to miraculously drop 10 pounds because, you know, you're going to go on vacation, you'll have the barbecues, you'll have the extra drinks, but kind of look at it as a, you know, almost a break. And then when September hits, you're back on track and trying to hit all your goals and everything like that. A hundred percent, man. I totally agree. And I've always, I always say to my clients, especially on vacation or even in everyday life, maintenance is progress, which is basically my way of saying if let's say you've lost 10 pounds 
and then you don't lose any more weight for two months. You just maintain that 10-pound loss. That's progress because now your body and your hormones and your everything about your body and like your how everything works is getting used to that. That's now normal. So even though you haven't continued to go down, you're now your normal is 10 pounds lower and that's progress. So if you go on vacation, the point of vacation isn't to go and continue to lose weight. You should go on vacation and be like, if I fluctuate within like from this point to like plus three pounds, that's a win because I've maintained my weight loss. And then when I get back from vacation, then I can keep going. But like maintenance is progress. Progress isn't only just a downward trend on that, on the scale. Oh, definitely. Like what I, uh, get my clients to do is actually they'll measure themselves in like several different sites, but in centimeters every month. And if any time they feel like they're not making progress, I'm like, okay, we'll go back like 10 months and you'll see like compared to now, that's a huge improvement. And like just having that visual of like numbers going down, it just makes it like psychologically just uh better perceived that you're like, okay, I'm on the right track. A hundred percent. I think that's a great idea. A hundred percent. Uh, so I was going to ask you next, since you, uh, train Gary, like what's your best approach in helping like business owners, like top execs trying to, you know, lose weight with a heavy, heavy schedule. The big thing that I found, and it's funny, the more I've trained Gary, the more other like really busy CEOs, execs, like people who are just constantly grinding all day, uh, they more and more have, have come to me. And what I've found is, um, number one, doing something every day is actually really helpful for them. Um, just like to keep in the routine. They're all about routine. A lot of them are very much just like, all right, this is at this time, this is at this time, this is at this time, just boom, boom, boom. And it doesn't have to be strength training. It doesn't have to be a massive workout every day, even if it's just doing foam rolling or even if it's just doing some mobility work. Like doing something every day helps them really get in that mindset of this is just what I do in my life at this time every day. Um, Helps a lot. And then also from a nutrition perspective, a lot of times, obviously, like for Gary, I keep track of his calories and his his macros, and I do that for him. Um, but one thing that we found is, especially on really busy days, and even just him in general, he does really well if he doesn't have to think about food. And I've found this consistently with people who just have insanely busy schedules. They don't really think about food all day like a lot of people do. A lot of people who are in the fitness industry or whatever, like they sort of plan their day around their food. Whereas straight up, if I told Gary, listen, you literally are never going to have to chew another bite of food again. I'm just going to give you this pill and that'll be your nutrients and you'll be fine and healthy. He would do it because that means less time, like essentially wasted eating. Right. So for him and for a lot of these execs, intermittent fasting has been huge where it's like, and I don't even always mean just like we won't eat for a certain part of the day and then for the next part of the day we will i mean literally like we'll do like alternate day fasting where maybe like two days a week he'll just do a 24-hour fast Mm -hmm. like it's just two days a week you're not eating and then that gives us other time on more time on the other days to really like for example those would be rest days or like mobility days or just foam rolling days where he just he would completely fast and then on the other strength days where we really hit like some serious hypertrophy work and we like, we really put him, put him through the ringer, then he can sort of focus on eating more. Um, and that way, like we can take the really busy days of the week, not have to worry about eating, still get a huge fat loss effect on those days and sort of lean gain and lean bulk on those other days. Yeah, definitely. Like the, um, 
guys that I train with, they own their own business and they come in and they had a busy day. And I'm like, okay, well, when was the last time you ate breakfast? I'm like, awesome. This is going to be sweet for you. Right. Exactly. And like, and they don't even think about it. No, not at all. Cause it's just like meeting after meeting, phone call after phone call, or they're just stuck at their desk and they can't literally move or anything like that. Exactly. Exactly. But, it's uh, not like it's not like they're doing it on purpose. It's literally just like my schedule literally doesn't allow me enough time to go downstairs and get food. Yeah. Like I try to tell them like if you have like a drawer or a shelf, like put a couple protein bars in there, have like a shake a shaker bottle with you with like a tub of protein or something or a banana, just have it like stuffed like snacks in your desk. So if you can't leave, then you at least have something there. 100% smart. Yeah. Um, going with that, like, how do you help these execs with like, say stress management or just, you know, letting them decompress after a long day like that? Oh man, that's tough. I mean, some of these, some of these execs, they just like, they're constantly thinking they're constantly going like with Gary. I actually, we sort of have to schedule with his assistant because his assistant makes his schedule in terms of when is a phone call, when is a dinner meeting, when is whatever, and it's sort of like I have to be like, hey, man, we need to make sure that he's home before midnight tonight so that he can actually get some sleep because we're waking up at five to train. Um, so from a decompression, like really the best thing, I don't think I don't think there's one right way or wrong way to decompress. A lot of it is just doing what you enjoy. So Gary, any chance he gets like being with his family is his decompression. He's a family guy at heart. So being able to just stay at home and like relax with his wife and kids is huge other execs is like maybe it's like going playing in a beer league of of uh softball or whatever it really depends on the person but being able to just get that time away and not really think not necessarily think about working out or training or nutrition more just like okay what can i do that i just i don't even have to think i can just relax and enjoy is the biggest i also find like those like entrepreneurial like people they almost like the stress always being busy and if they didn't have it they would feel almost like off you know what i mean yeah i think you're right i think what's really funny is what usually happens is when they're really busy and like things are going pop 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 just nonstop all day most people would be really stressed in that but that's where they feel they're most calm and then when they're in a situation like just sitting down and watching tv or just like not doing anything like quote unquote productive that's when they get stressed it's like, I'm not doing anything. What is going on? And it's like, it's a complete reversal. Whereas most people would be stressed in their position. They thrive on that stress and actually get more stressed in a bad way. Like sometimes when they just feel like they're not being productive. Yeah. Do you ever have to like coordinate with his assistant to make sure his schedule fits, uh, like exercise and eating and things like that? Absolutely. Every day. Jeez. That was actually one of like the, the biggest struggles for me when I first started was realizing so Gary the the essentially the name that Gary made for my position is like the CEO of his body. Mm-hmm. It's like I am in charge of his body, so he doesn't really have to think about it, which is totally not a normal situation for what pretty much everyone else in the world has to do. Very few people are in this, but for Gary specifically, he's like, Listen, I'm so busy, I have so much to do, I really need you to take the reins and like if I need to get a workout in, then you can go into my schedule and tell my assistant, we're canceling this meeting. We're getting a workout in like whatever has to happen. Like if I need to eat and like whatever, if like if, for example, if I have a meeting scheduled at a, at a restaurant and you don't like the food options, you change the restaurant, you tell the assistant and like, we're going to change where the meeting's going to happen. Um, so it's really every, I get complete control because the way Gary phrased it is 
his health is the most important thing, more than business, more than money, more than anything, his health. So if he needs to sleep more, I can call his assistant and be like, we're canceling this meeting. He's going to go to bed. Or like if he needs to, you know, get in a better meal, we're going to change where the restaurant is or whatever it is. Like I pretty much have complete control over that. Man, I wish some of my clients had that. <laughs> I mean, dude, it's the ideal situation where yeah. it's really, it's just like, it's most people just would never experience that. And it's just not realistic for most people. But if you have the means, it's, it's incredible. Yeah. Cause like even the guys that I train that, you know, they're stuck in a meeting or they have to do something and their sessions at the very end of the day, I keep telling them like, even if you're just tired and you, all you want to do is sleep and if you just come in and move, you'd feel a hundred times better. But it's just like that moment that you have to make the decision where, okay, I'm going to get out of my desk and drive to the gym is like the hardest part. It's not even the training. It's just getting there. Yeah, you're exactly right. It's literally just that mental decision, that mental willpower to overcome. Like I'm actually going to go do it. That's the hardest part. Do you do any like tracking with Gary? Like if say like the Apple watch has like those like alarms that, Hey, you need to eat this now, or you need to start moving more like anything like that from the tracking standpoint. No, I, I literally control all of it. I don't, he has no thinking to do on the topic. It's not like, it's not like he's in a meeting and then his alarm will go off. You're like, you got to move more. It's like, I track everything. So I know if he's in a meeting, I know what his schedule is every day. I know when he's waking up. I know when he's going to bed. I know what he's eating for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I know everything. So pretty much I have all of that data in my head and I know. Okay. Gotcha. Um, when it comes to fat loss, like how do you like to structure workouts? Like what's like kind of the magic number of times per week? What should people be like focusing on based on your opinion? Um, usually just like for everyday people, um, not in a crazy situation like Gary, I say three to four days a week is plenty. Um, a lot of people hear three to four days per week and they automatically assume four days is better and it's not. Uh, what's best is being able to consistently follow a program. So what I always say whenever I work with new clients, I'll say, do you want to train three or four times a week? Because those are the only two options I offer my online clients. Um, and pretty much all of them will say, well, I'm, I'm assuming four is better, so I'll go with that. And I say, no, 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 listen. The most important thing is that you can consistently follow a plan. And if I write you a four-day-a-week program, but you can only follow it 70% of the time, you're not going to get as good results as if I write you a three-day-a-week program and you follow that 90% of the time. Um, so I say three to four days per week, and whatever you choose, just make sure you can hit it as often as possible, ideally 90% of the time or more. Yeah, like I find, like even when I get a brand new client and they're all very like gung ho, like oh, I want to train like five days a week, and I'm like, well, let's let's start with one because you haven't done anything since like college, <laughs> right? Exactly. So you don't exactly. burn out. Like I'm probably the worst salesman too when I get new clients. It's like, yeah, let's start with one day a week. Don't give me your buddy just yet. But then it's like building a lifestyle because if someone hasn't you know done anything and they go into four days a week of just being sore all the time, they're going to quickly realize that this is this exercise thing's not for me. Yeah, exactly. But also, just on that topic of like being the worst salesman, that's honestly the best sales tactic because if you were a really shitty coach or if you didn't have a good product, you would try and get them in on the highest possible package immediately because you probably understand they're going to leave pretty quickly because your product is crap. But because you know your product is so good, because you know if they actually do what you say, they're going to make such great progress, then you can you know you can say, just come in one time a week, pay me the least amount, there's no commitment, whatever, 
And then, but you know that you, they're going to love it so much and they're going to see such great results and feel so much better that they're eventually not only going to be like, give me two times a week, three times a week, four times a week, give me the highest package. They're also going to refer people your way. It's like, it's the best sales tactic for a great product because you don't have to try and like squeeze the most out of them. All you have to do is just show them what you do is so great and they're going to want more. Yeah. Like I know I've done a good job is when those like one day a week people like just come up to me he's like, you know what? I think I want like a second or third day. What do you got for me? hundred percent, hundred percent, man. It's the best sales tactic because you're not trying to sell them on anything. You're just trying to give them the best product. Yeah. Like I think Gary said this, but like playing the game of the marathon and not the sprint, that Absolutely. Like goes hand in hand because you want something sustainable and not just a quick fix. And then you're back to being overweight exactly dude a hundred percent man like even and gary is like he's so outrageous like in his perspective it's amazing because he's been working out constantly for a little over two years now and while most people do it for a month or two months they're like why the hell don't i like have a six-pack yet or why don't i haven't i reached my goal yet gary is like dude i've only been doing this for like a little over two years of course i'm not jacked yet like it took me 20 plus years to build my business. Why would I expect my body to be built in two years? It doesn't make sense. Um, it's just like that perspective is huge. Yeah, because a lot of people like say if they start training in their like early 40s and they expect such you know high return, but again, it's like you've been eating so poorly and not moving for like 20 plus years, you can't expect it to change around so quickly. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, what's your take on like, getting someone motivated or if someone's not feeling like they should work out that day or like how do you bring the motivation to them or how can someone motivate themselves to get going? It really depends on the person, the situation, which I know is the worst answer because it always depends. But like someone like Gary, for example, if he's like, man, I don't feel it today, I'm going to be like, shut up and let's go because that's what he needs. Mm-hmm. Like Gar- Gary's more just like, dude, just just tell me to do it. Even if I tell you I don't, I'm not feeling it, just like make me do it. He's that kind of person. Other people, they don't respond well to that. And other people, like if they, if they've been working hard and being consistent and they just straight up say, dude, I need a break. I'll give them a break. Like, listen, you just take the break, relax, take the day off. It's fine. But you're coming back the next day and you're going to work really hard. It's like, just understand that it's just a day break. It's not going to be like, Hey, we're going to take two months off now. So, um, I think the best way to motivate someone is to really understand the kind of person that they are and what type of motivation they need as an individual. Some people love that like tough love, external, like let's go. Other people are more like, I need you to sort of just back off because if you try and give them that tough love, that's going to sort of push them away. Yeah, like like you said, it depends on the person, but sometimes like people can just be going through the motion and they're not actually like 100% buy into the whole I'm going to change my lifestyle. I just need to exercise because I know it's good for my health. And it might take like a year of that slow progress of just going through the motion and eventually something clicks into their brain. They're like, okay, I'm serious now. And here I go. Exactly. Exactly. Because I've seen a bunch of clients where like some, you know, they'll like feed on everything you give them. And then within eight months of being consistent, they just like change their life. And then you have some clients that, you know, a year or two years of just like showing up, not really putting in that much effort, but they're still showing up. So there's still some 
like benefit and then eventually they like yeah, have that moment in their head where like okay enough of this i need to get into it and then out of nowhere they skyrocket with success it's funny how that works isn't it it's just like everyone's different and you, there's no right or wrong way it's really just how is it going to work out for this person uh do you have any like experience with like say if you had a client with you know they're trying to get all healthy but at home like say their spouse or like their kids are complete like couch potatoes and they're not even supporting the person that's trying to get healthy like how do you deal with people like that it's so tough man it's this the worst situation it's it's hard enough when you're the only one who's trying to do it but it's even worse when they're actively going against you and being like why are you doing this you can have just like just once just do this or sometimes they're like you're making us feel bad because you're focusing on your health it's just the worst feeling in the world and i have a name for these people i call them depleters um (laughs) just because like they deplete you of all your energy and your willpower and it's just like every day is it's hard enough just sometimes to have a great diet and workout schedule but then to at compound the fact that the people you're hanging around all the time are just like making it really difficult for you. Um, and it's, it's the, we hear about it in business all the time. It's like, you're the average of the five people you hang around most. And like, yeah, if you, from a productivity standpoint, if the people that you're hanging around are like just sort of watching TV or whatever all day, you're not going to be that productive. Same thing with, with nutrition and training. Like if the people you're hanging around are like, yeah, we don't need to go to the gym or ah, we don't need to eat well, then you're probably going to be in that situation too. So what I always try and recommend to my clients is if they're in a usually in a family setting everyone loves them like it's yeah. all it's people are actually who love them and care about them and a lot of times they're being these depleters without really being conscious of it um and so my first go-to recommendation is for these pe- people to just literally it sounds weird to say it but essentially essentially have an intervention without calling it an intervention because it's really not that it's not like that type of a it's not a drug thing but sit them down and be like listen this is very important to me um it's really it's really important that i do this and i need your support i really need you to not be saying these types of things doing these types of things and just have a very honest genuine authentic conversation where it's like if you are seriously care about me and love me, I'm not asking you to make a change. I'm not telling you to eat a certain way. I need you to reciprocate and do the same thing for me. I've never had that not work. I've never had that come off in a bad way. Everyone's responded like, wow, I had no idea you really felt that way. And I had no idea that I was being that big of a dick. Um, and so then that sort of changes. And then another thing I always reinforce most people are being that depleter type of a person because they're self-conscious of their own decisions. So if all of a sudden I just start eating healthier around someone who's never eaten healthy or maybe they're a little bit overweight, they're going to start thinking like, crap, like I should be doing that. But if they're not making that change, they're going to sort of try and seek you out to make those decisions too so they feel better about themselves. It's like, no, 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 just have a bite of this cake or have a bite of this or whatever because they're having it and they're going to feel better if they're not the only one having it. So it's, it's a little bit like, again, it's not them being malicious all the time or like consciously malicious. It's like they're doing it essentially for their own self-preservation, which is like the human condition anyway. Yeah, like uh, it's funny when clients, uh, when I talk to them and I tell them like on the weekend, you know, I drank beer and they're like, you drink beer? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I'm a human being too. Like I'm just like you. It's just, you know, it takes time to get to where I am. And it's funny because like when people... Th- say they're not, you know, eating as healthy as they should and they hang out with somebody that's a super health nut and they think they're like from someone from like outer space, but 
you see them at a restaurant with you and they order pizza too. And you're like, Oh, that's so weird. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Exactly. It's funny how that works. People just have this weird idea in their head that if anybody's like healthy and fit, that's like all they eat is lettuce, like a bunny rabbit. And that's it. (laughs) Dude, I can't tell you. So I'm single, but I, I date and it's so funny. Anytime I'm like out with a girl that I just met and they're like, so what do you do? And I tell them, and they're always like immediately like, oh my God, you can't believe like I ordered this or don't judge me, like whatever. It's like, listen, I, you can do whatever you want to do. Like I'm not judging at all. And like just, but you don't judge me either. I'm like, I'm going to order the burger because I like burgers. So like, it's, it's so funny that people have this perception that personal trainers or nutrition coaches just eat quote unquote clean all day, every day or whatever. It's so funny. Yeah, like on the weekends, I always say like I always have that one cheat day where like two, three meals. It just, I just go for it because <laughs> you gotta enjoy life too. That that's what most people don't understand. I think, and I think for them it's surprising because I think they have this idea where it's like you have to eat perfectly in order to achieve your body, the, your goal body, and they don't understand that. No, you can like go and enjoy yourself and have a treat here and there and be more moderate with all these things while still achieving your goals. Um, I think that's part of the initial shock that comes with it. And like people are so surprised that you can do both at the same time. Yeah. And then the media doesn't help either when they're like teaching everybody that there's bad foods and good foods. And I'm like, I don't really think there's a lot of bad foods, the ones that they're trying to like say, because food like gives us nutrients and nourishes us. And the moment you start cutting out crap, you're not going to feel really good about yourself. Exactly. And then one, one of the easiest ways that I explain it to my clients, like, listen, I'm, I always say, so are you supposed to eat clean in order to lose weight? And they're always like, yes, you have to. And I'm like, okay, so what is clean? And like, they'll always, everyone will have a different definition. They always have a hard time explaining it. I'm like, well, what's a clean food? And they're like, uh, I'm like, listen, some people think clean is low carb. Other people think clean is low fat. Some people think clean is organic. Other people think clean is non-GMO, whatever. There's no definition of clean. And the reality is, yes, if you want to lose weight and look better naked and perform at your best, you should probably be eating mostly quote unquote healthy foods, lots of fruits, lots of vegetables, lots of lean meats that should make up the majority of your diet. But there's no reason why you can't also include some treats and some snacks 20% 20% of the time indulge here and there because the reality is, and research actually shows, flexible dieters are way more successful in the long term than rigid dieters. People can only maintain a very rigid, rigid diet for a short period of time. But if you're able to be more flexible with it and roll with the punches and sort of just go with the flow while being consistently good, there's just a big difference between consistency and rigidity. Consistency is just like doing things the majority of the time, and that's how you're going to maintain it. Rigidity is like, it's all or nothing, do or die. And if you're that mentality, it is just almost impossible to maintain. Yeah, I think uh, people hate the idea of losing control of what they eat. But if they do have the control, they're most likely going to stick onto that diet because sometimes it's like even if they don't know how to prepare the certain food and they're just like, oh, I just I don't like kale because it doesn't taste good. It's like, well, if you found a recipe that will make it taste good, you'll like it and you'll probably be consistently eating it. Yeah, or like you just don't even need to eat kale. Like yeah. straight up, you don't need to eat kale to be healthy. Like you you can whatever you want. You don't have to eat kale. Just like there's no like food that you can't eat, there's also no food that you absolutely have to eat. Exactly. Uh, I was going to ask you one of the questions I got on Twitter was like 
if you're a complete beginner, like what's what would be your take on how to cross that barrier of being intimidated going into the gym for the first time and changing the whole lifestyle? Um, great question. Most people are intimidated to go to the gym and tell me if you're, if you think I'm wrong or disagree so we can chat about it. What I've found is most people are intimidated because they don't want to look stupid or they don't want people to think that they're, they don't know what they're doing or whatever. Um, and straight up, honest to God, 99.9% of the people in the gym who go there every day, even the people who look fit and big don't know what the hell they're doing. And most of them are like, what in the hell am I doing? I hope no one thinks I look stupid. Almost everybody in there, including a lot of personal trainers. Um, so the big thing is just understand feeling that way is normal. Feeling like, oh my God, I don't know what I'm doing is a normal thing to feel. And understanding that probably everybody else in there is feeling the same way as well. And to that point, no one is paying attention to what you're doing. No one gives a shit what you look like. No one gives a shit what you're doing. No one is paying attention to you. Everyone is paying attention to themselves. Everyone's looking in the mirror. Everyone's wondering what they, what they look like, what they're doing right or wrong. It's like if you're intimidated to go into the gym, just remember the only one who really cares about what you're doing is you. Um, and as long as you go in and focus on you and just like just work hard, you're going to see progress. You're going to see results. There's no way around it. Um, and if, if you're letting – that intimidation keep you from going in the gym, you're just shortchanging yourself. Like I understand it can be intimidating and scary and that's fine. And, and recognize it and feel it and appreciate it for what it is, but then kick it in the fucking face and just go into the gym and do work. Like, don't let that keep you from doing it. Don't let that be your excuse. Cause when you're 90 years old and on your deathbed or whatever, you're not going to look back and say like, Oh wow, I'm really glad I didn't go in the gym because I was nervous you're going to say, shit, I can't believe that like I let that get to me and I didn't just say like, just be braver and go in and do it. Yeah. Like that kind of ties in also with like a goal. Like if you had a goal of like, Hey, I want to be able to see my grandchildren grow up and run after them, then Hey, maybe you should go to the gym. And that little insecurity of like, Oh, I don't know if I should, will probably go away pretty quickly. hundred percent. Yeah. I totally remember like I used to work at a big box gym and just watching the stuff that people would do. It's, it's so funny. And they're like, they're totally into it. They think it's completely right. And I'm just like sitting back. I'm like, man, I need to film this. Yeah. I mean, honestly, for me, the biggest thing is just, I want to see people working hard. And like, what sucks is there's so much misinformation out there and like, there are some people like are taught the wrong things and like for like for I know like a lot of people like to film people in the gym doing stupid stuff and I'm I'm not a big fan of that mostly because if someone's in the gym sweating and working it's just like props you're you're doing what most people don't do it just sucks that there's so much misinformation out there that people are being led to believe like you have to do like one-legged overhead presses on a bosu ball it's like yeah. their time they, like what that's what really sucks is you have all these people who are putting in so much effort because but they're not going anywhere because they're being misled to think that that's like there there's a right the the way to train is the whatever they're doing is the right way and it's just being so ineffective and inefficient and and dangerous in a lot of cases yeah, like, when I was working for that big box gym, like, I always thought to myself, like, the crappy part was that if a brand new person signed up, you have the trainer kind of show them around, they show them, like, that, like, machine circuit that hits everything in your body, and then that's it, and then, like, that's all they know, so then every time I went in and saw the same person that signed up three months ago, they're still doing the same thing, because they don't know any better, 
Whereas if they had a system where like every three months that same coach would, you know, check in with them, one, you probably make more money selling personal training because then it's like, oh, if I keep seeing this person, I'll learn more and won't feel as stupid and won't get bored at the gym. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's it's tough because like those big box gyms, they just kind of hope to, you know, sign somebody up and then they don't show up after three months and they just continue paying that monthly fee <laughs> and then just yeah. churn more new members like that going through the whole system. And like, I even have clients that have memberships from like the eighties that are paying like five or seven bucks a month and they won't stop paying it because it's so cheap. <laughs> it's, I know it's, it's crazy. It's like the best model. It's the planet fitness model. Yeah. Just make it so cheap that they don't even think about it. Yeah. Like the other thing, like, um, for people, if they feel kind of nervous or intimidated going to the gym, I would honestly just ask one of your friends that's like, I, I'm pretty sure everybody has that one friend that's like a complete gym rat. And I'm sure if you ask that person, like, Hey, can I come work out with you and kind of learn what to do? And you'd be set. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. hundred percent. Cause yeah, you could go scroll through your Facebook and there's obviously that one person that all he does is post, you know, selfies of him <laughs> in the mirror at the gym. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's all the questions I got for you. But uh, if you can just tell everybody kind of like where they can find you online, like what's your website, where are you at on social media, if you have any projects or like speaking engagements or anything like that. Yeah, so I have a bunch of different websites, but really um, probably the best place to find me right now is if you want the best of strength training and nutrition and fat loss all in one, uh, powerliftingforfatloss.com. Um, it's for men, it's for women. It's pretty much you just get, when you sign up for free, you get a, a three-day-a-week strength training program, nutrition webinar, a whole bunch of great stuff. Um, and that's where you can stay in contact with me via email, and I'll just sort of fill you in on all my exclusive content. Um, so powerlifting for fat loss. And then Syat Fitness on Instagram, Syat Fitness on Facebook. That's really where I update my social media most. Um, no big speaking engagements planned right now, mostly just because I'm traveling constantly, usually traveling at least four to six days per week, every week. Um, but if you have any questions, let me know if you, if you go get that training program, the workout program on powerlifting4fatloss.com, you'll have my email. You can contact me directly. I always answer every single email. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much it. And I hope this was helpful. I hope you took a lot out of it. And again, if you have any questions, reach out anytime. I'm more than happy to chat. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, dude. Thank you for having me. I sincerely appreciate it. No worries. Perfect. So that's another one down. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this interview as Jordan is one of my idols and I actually really look up to him. Uh, if you ever have any questions, feel free to email me at rafal at empowerhp.ca. And then we'll see you guys next week again. And don't forget to rate, subscribe, and like the podcast.